Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 168 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, recovering alcoholic, master life coach, entrepreneur, all that good stuff, helping you figure out your life living sober and fabulous, if that's your thing. And (laughs) if it's not your thing, we're still going to teach you how to live your life and do it really well and be really good at it. That's what we do around here. Thank you for hanging out with me today and listening to the pod. We have a really good episode today. I know I always say that, but (laughs) if you are at a crossroads right now in your life or in your lifestyle i.e. drinking, or whatever other unhealthy thing you're doing that you know isn't serving you. Um, You're all over the internet searching how to stop drinking, how do I stop drinking without AA, am I an alcoholic, can I stop drinking without AA, can I stop drinking without going to rehab, (laughs) and you see all the memes and inspirational quotes, bikini pics from the sober fitness people, and everybody's telling you to quit drinking and your whole life will fall into place. But your life isn't falling into place. And you're only stopping the drink for days or maybe weeks at a time. And you're like, what the heck is happening? What am I doing wrong? If this is you, today's episode is for you. Or If you're like me and you're comfy and happy with your sobriety, but that addictive personality keeps popping up in other areas like food and relationships and spending and sex and online shopping, my friends, it's like freaking whack-a-mole around here. Am I right? (laughs) And we want to keep working on life and being balanced. If you're that person like me, then this is also for you. As you know, Many years ago, I found myself at that same fork in the road where I had to make a super tough decision and break up with alcohol. I didn't go to detox. I didn't go to treatment, not because I didn't want to, but because I didn't know back then how dangerous alcohol withdrawal is. And I thought treatment was only for celebrities. (laughs) So I went to AA. All I knew about AA was that that's where people went when they didn't want to drink anymore. And I knew I wanted to be a person who didn't drink anymore. Also, I got sober a long time ago. And there weren't dozens of different options back in the day. And you know you're getting old when you start using phrases like back in the day, (laughs) okay, a long ass time ago. Um, Since I got sober, I became a life coach. I went to school for addiction counseling. I went to social work school. I got certified as a recovery coach, studied NLP and neuropsych. And I've learned so much more about everything, not only recovery and quitting drinking, but about life and how our brains work and human behavior and how we act and react, trauma, self-esteem, breaking habits, and a thousand other things. What I've learned on this journey 
is that changing your life is about knowing yourself. It's about knowing who you are, what works for you, and knowing your limitations. You have to have that self-awareness to know what you aren't great at too, because you will have to work around those areas to be successful. Like, I know I don't like to drive, so my gym has to be right up the street or I won't go. You know, when I got sober, I was the same way with my AA group. I found a group that was right up the street from my house because I knew that's the only way that I would go. I know I struggle with being lazy and wanting to quit things and wanting to shortcut and I'll talk myself out of doing things because it'll take too long. (laughs) So if I want to be successful at whatever I'm doing, I have to find ways to work around those issues. I'm not going to try to deny them and plow through them. I mean, I'm 49 for crying out loud. A lot of that stuff is just, it is what it is. It's just a part of who I am. So I have to find ways to work around that stuff. It's not about doing everything perfectly, whatever that is. It's not about doing things exactly the way you're told all the time. Be a free thinker know yourself and be willing to challenge yourself to try things differently. Because if you want to create a different result, like not drinking, then you have to take different actions. So you're going to love this episode. We're going to talk about recovery, uh, the program everyone loves to hate, and how to figure out the best actions for you. If you want to get a clearer picture of recovery, the rules, the myths, then you're going to love this episode. So let me break down what we're going to cover. Number one, you don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. Number two, you define what recovery is for you. And number three, recovery is not a straight line. So you may be surprised to hear me say you don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking, but it's the truth, especially now more than ever, people are quitting drinking before they get to that totally desperate Hollywood style rock bottom moment. But even bigger than that is this movement against the word alcoholic, right? So let's just remove that barrier. You've heard me talk about this on a million episodes. If you don't drink well, I don't care what cutesy word you want to use. The fact remains, you don't drink well. It doesn't do you any good. It may cause some drama in your life. You feel crappy when you do it. It just isn't serving you. And if that's the case, then stop. Don't get hung up on the word and spending hours researching, am I an alcoholic, trying to convince yourself that you're not. The word is not important. Your life, feeling good about yourself, being a strong and dependable partner, parent, and employee, those are the important factors, not the label. There's a beautiful trend right now to be more in control of your life in all areas. Being financially responsible is glorified more than living beyond your means. Being more effective in your life, eating better, taking care of yourself, 
being aware of mental health and managing stress, like all of these things are moving toward more controlled and, and celebrated in being more controlled rather than out of control. And that's why if you want to give up alcohol just because it isn't serving you, then give it up. You don't have to put a label on it if you don't want to, and you don't have to drink yourself all the way to rock bottom to justify quitting. To me, being an alcoholic means I lack control over my drinking habits. And I can get into the science of it and how it changes the brain and the genetic components of it, but most people will never know or understand that part of it, so I like to just keep it simple. There is an absolute lack of control that happens when a drink hits my lips. That does not mean that every time I drank, I was crazy and out of control. Quite the opposite, actually. I was very high functioning. I went to work every day. I wasn't sloppy and stumbling around. I wasn't an angry drunk. I wasn't a crying drunk. And sometimes I would stop drinking for extended periods of time. As you know, I stopped once for 30 days, and I stopped drinking another time for 60 days. It wasn't hard. It didn't bother me. And it didn't mean I had less of a drinking problem. It's really common for drinking people to take a break and do it fairly easily. That doesn't mean you don't have a problem. And I'll take that one step farther. In my 20s, I went through a significant breakup, probably the most serious relationship I've ever had and the only person I ever really considered a long-term future with. And when we split up, I knew I was in a bad place emotionally. I knew the breakup was the right thing, and I wasn't confused about whether or not to go back to the relationship, but I knew I had a lot of emotions about it. So I made the decision to not drink for a couple of weeks. It was that simple. I knew alcohol made people get emotion crazy, and I was in an uncomfortable emotional place, and I didn't want to fall apart at work or while I was out, so I made the conscious decision to not drink for a couple of weeks until I had a chance to process my feelings a bit and get to a more kind of stable place. Some would say that doesn't sound like an alcoholic. I will tell you, I was always an alcoholic. That was just an early stage. Drinking is progressive. It continues to grow and thrive and get bigger. And the way I drank in my early and mid-20s was very different to how I drank in my late 20s and early 30s because it grows progressively. What I don't want you to do is waste a bunch of time in some weird mind game with yourself about whether you're an alcoholic or not. You don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. If drinking causes you problems, then it's a good idea to remove it from your life. If you're allergic to peanuts, you stop eating them. You don't spend hours on the internet trying to convince yourself you don't have the allergy. You just don't eat them, period. If you're a diabetic, you stop the sugar. It's that simple. I don't see my diabetic father taking quizzes all over the web trying to find all the reasons he's not a diabetic. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. Don't get sidetracked with the words and labels. If drinking isn't serving you or your life or your family, if it's creating some problems and discomfort, then figure out the solution, period. And this leads me perfectly to the next point. You 
define what recovery is for you. You know, I've talked about this before too, and it's an important discussion to have, especially right now. You see all these alternative drugs that people do even when they're sober, and it makes you start to question what is sober. And now there's the new California sober, right? Which I think means (laughs) that you're sober, not drinking, but smoking pot or something, um, because weed is legal in some places, right? And that becomes a really tricky piece of the conversation too. So people are like, well, it's legal. Well, alcohol's legal too. That doesn't mean I have any business ingesting it. But listen, you define your recovery. I have a couple of stories that I've shared about different people's recovery journeys that don't look like mine, but I, I totally support where they are. And one was a client I had probably 10 years ago. She had an extreme story, drugs, prostitution, a lot of children and turmoil, and she had struggled with homelessness. By the time she was my client, she had secure housing. She hadn't done any street drugs in many months. She was working on starting some classes and getting some education to figure out what she wanted to do. Then... She failed a urine test for anti-anxiety medication and pain meds, and she wasn't supposed to be taking either of those things because they're abusable, and that was just a part of her probation. Failing that urine test left her in a really bad situation. She was facing jail time because she was on probation. She was facing the possibility of losing her financial assistance because her sobriety was a term of that program she was on, and she was facing losing the last few children who were still in her care. Her point was she wasn't on the streets. She wasn't selling her body for money or drugs anymore. She made major changes in her life and was doing really well. She's looking at school and getting her life together. I totally see her point. In her mind, she had turned her life around. She wasn't drinking. She wasn't doing street drugs. She wasn't getting drugs off the street. So in her mind, she was sober. And I get that. She ref- she defined her recovery differently. Do I condone her ideas? It's none of my damn business. <laughs> it's not for me to give my stamp of approval to what somebody else is doing. It's not my place to condemn or condone. Is it how I do my sobriety? No, but that doesn't make my way right and every other way wrong. The way I do it is right for me. For me, sobriety means I don't partake in anything that can alter my mind or derail my life. You know, caffeine and allergy pills are about the hardest substances (laughs) I put in my body, but that's just what feels right for me. This is my personal belief system is that I will try to manage and fix things in my life in a natural way with food and exercise and maybe oils and supplements before I will ever try chemicals. That's just a personal choice. You are allowed to define your recovery however it makes sense to you. I don't do California sober because I hate weed. I never liked weed, even when I was young. I don't like how it made me feel. I don't like weed culture. It's just not my thing, so I don't partake. I also have a brain 
that likes to escape and avoid life. And something as simple as an edible could open Pandora's box for my brain. And I'm not interested in all that. Personally, I take a lot of pride in keeping the signal clear. I feel extremely empowered having the ability to navigate my life without substances and being able to utilize other practices to be in tune with myself and my body to function at my best. But that is my personal belief system. Yours doesn't have to be the same. And it's nobody's effing business. You don't need anyone's approval on how you're doing things. Also consider what your life is and who you are, right? I have been very fortunate. Like I haven't had a ton of injuries where I've needed medication, right? I haven't had really intense clinical depression where I've needed medication. And I promise you, if those things happened to me, I would take the medications. It's just not going to be my first resort. It's going to be my last resort. I also have more time in some ways than other people do, right? I don't have a spouse and kids. I can put more time into managing myself and meditating and exercising and doing the things that work for me. I get to really dedicate and I create my schedule around those things because that's my health. That's my mental health. And I will always care about that first and foremost. That's my sobriety. But it's nobody's business what you're doing. You don't have to do it exactly the same as everybody else. At the same time, don't walk into a program that's based on abstinence and be surprised when people aren't super welcoming about you eating edibles or microdosing mushrooms. (laughs) You know, know your audience. Don't be silly. I wouldn't walk into a low-carb support group with a dozen biscuits and expect to get hugs all around, right? It's ridiculous. The last thing I want to touch on on this topic is opinions on antidepressant and anti-anxiety meds. There are people in the world who believe you aren't sober or clean if you're taking these medications. What I want to stress to you is these are their opinions. Every single one of us is allowed to have our own opinion, and we are perfectly allowed to speak our opinions. But just because someone else feels you shouldn't take antidepressants doesn't make it true. It's just their opinion. Now, if someone else's opinion about what you're doing in your life is so important to you that it throws you off balance, then we have different issues to work on. But you don't need anyone else's approval. The flip side of that is, I would welcome those thoughts instead of getting mad about them. Because... We are not the best judge of our own behavior. And sometimes, often times, I need that feedback from someone else to make sure that I'm being aware of all the good and the bad. I shared a story with you guys before about a guy I dated many years ago. And one time he said to me, he said, I feel like you're never happy. When I come over, you're mad I didn't come over yesterday. When I call you, you're mad I didn't call earlier. I feel like there's no way to make you happy. This was a game changer for me. 
I didn't get angry at him for saying it. I got introspective and I took a good look at my behavior and he was absolutely right. Now, I would have never known that I was making him feel that way if he hadn't told me. I didn't know that's how my behavior was coming off and that's the effect it was having on him. I had no idea. I didn't know that I was behaving like a spoiled brat until he pointed it out to me. And he didn't use those words. Those are my words about myself. And what I've learned over the years since that is that was my way of trying to control the situation. Ultimately, I was trying to make him do what I wanted him to do. <laughs> you know, I was very unhealthy and emotionally immature. But instead of shooting the messenger because it didn't feel good to hear the feedback, especially when there's some truth to it, instead of shooting someone down, be open and humble and willing to look at yourself. There's probably some truth in what they're saying. Don't get angry at people in AA when they preach the old school AA way. It's just what worked for them. And usually coming from a place of trying to help, that doesn't mean you have to do it the way they did it. (laughs) It also doesn't make their way wrong. And if you're in a 12-step meeting and you're talking to somebody who's been sober for 20 or 30 years, they have a certain way they followed the program. There's nothing wrong with that. And they will share that that's how it worked for them. Because that's what we're taught to do in AA is share our experience. Experience, strength, and hope. You share your story to make the path easier for the next person. Things have evolved a lot since then, but that doesn't mean that all the people in the room have evolved. And they don't have to. (laughs) How they did it worked for them. So be supportive instead of judgmental and, and be brave enough to have your own opinions instead of blaming others or the program and saying it doesn't work. You guys know I did a few things very much against the grain in AA, but that's not AA's fault. That doesn't mean that AA got it wrong. It just means I had to tweak things to work for me according to my personality and my personal drama. You know, That doesn't mean that my way was right because honestly, I wouldn't recommend to anyone to make the decisions that I made. I just did what worked for me at that time. And I didn't mind when people disagreed with my choices, and I didn't mind when people urged me to do things differently, and I certainly didn't get mad at people for sharing their thoughts. You are allowed to be a free thinker in your recovery journey. You don't have to do every little thing the way someone did who got sober 30 years ago. Have your own mind and speak your mind. Okay, last thing. Recovery is not a straight line, my friends. (laughs) There's this misconception that we're going to quit drinking and all of a sudden our lives are going to fall perfectly into place. Everybody loves us and all of our problems disappear. Not even close. (laughs) Getting a clear mind allows you the opportunity to start growing up, changing your behavior, become less selfish. It gives you the opportunity to clean up the mess you made while drinking. But the mess doesn't go away just because you stop drinking. And you can't hire a housekeeper to clean up your mess in this situation. (laughs) You have to do all the work yourself. 
And this thing, you guys, this thing is the epitome of one step forward, two steps back. In reality, it's not really one step forward and two step two steps back, but it sure does feel that way sometimes. Remember, the journey isn't supposed to be easy. Life is not easy. It is going to be hard and uncomfortable. There will be times when you want to say F it and completely give up. You will be tired and overwhelmed and you'll probably feel lost. This kind of sounds similar to parenting to me as I'm saying it. (laughs) It's hard. You don't have all the answers. You're parenting your sobriety, basically. It's your job to nurture and protect it and do your best and push yourself beyond what you think your limits are. Listen, some days the only thing I do right is not drink. I can drop the ball on everything else, spend the day cuddling my dog and escaping life with Netflix, pretending I don't have 800 obligations on any given day. But if I don't drink, that day is a victory. I can figure out the rest on a new day with a fresh attitude and energy. Quitting drinking does not equal smooth sailing. But even on the days it feels like it's not working, it is because you're getting stronger. You're getting to practice new skills and not losing your temper or freaking out or starting a fight or whatever the thing is you're working on right now. You have to practice those skills to get good at them. And if sober life was all smooth sailing, then you wouldn't get to practice, you wouldn't get stronger, and it would be harder to stay sober. One of my dear friends in my super close circle, she celebrated a year sober earlier this year. Um, she's amazing, a mom and a wife, and she did my six-week program with me last year. And she was telling me a story the other day about having this moment out of nowhere where she felt frustrated with the whole sober thing, like feeling some FOMO at the pool, FOMO, fear of missing out, for those of you that don't know, (laughs) she was feeling some FOMO at the pool, not really wanting to drink, but feeling irritated by not doing what everybody else was doing. You guys, she's a year sober. And when those kind of moments hit you, it can feel like it's not working. Like, why am I thinking like this? I should be better than this by now. What's wrong with me? But the truth is her recovery is totally working. She did all the right things to protect her sobriety. She was honest about feeling some type of way. She got a beautiful and fruity non-alcoholic drink that she loved And she sat with the whole thing for a few minutes. I think she shared a picture of that drink in our Facebook group, (laughs) by the way. But she didn't react with a huge reaction or get mad or leave or pick a fight with her husband to ruin the day. She practiced her skills and used her tools and the feeling passed. And she went on to have an incredible day with her family, celebrating and being sober, being present with her kids, enjoying a beautiful day. And the whole thing lasted about 30 minutes. In that moment, you feel like nothing is working, like you're failing at everything because what you're feeling is weird and you can't always pinpoint exactly what it is you're feeling and you don't know what to do about it. That doesn't mean you aren't growing and getting better. It just means you're getting the chance to practice your new skills and solidify them. 
I'm going to talk about some of this stuff too in my uh, upcoming masterclass. I'm doing a three-day masterclass. It's live with me. Um, if you want to get on that, if you want to get in on that, um, I'll link it in the show notes so you can sign up and spend some quality time with me. And of course, it'll be in the Facebook group too, but we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff. So let's recap this episode. You don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking, right? Don't get hung up on that word and that label. If alcohol does not serve you well, if drinking is not doing you any favors, and you guys have heard me say this before too, listen, just get real. If you are having thoughts about, I wonder if I have a drinking problem, or I wonder if I'm an alcoholic, the prognosis isn't good, okay? Because non-alcoholic people never wonder if they have a drinking problem. Non-alcoholic people never even think about alcohol. They don't plan it, plan around it. They don't think about it. They don't wish for it. They don't schedule around going to get it and hiding it or making sure they have plenty. Non-alcoholic people do not think about alcohol, period. So if you are drinking enough that you're wondering what your situation is, there's definitely a problem there. But don't worry about the words. If the words bother you, don't worry about them. Just focus your energy on making healthier choices for your life. You don't have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. Next, you define what your recovery is for you. You make that choice. It's yours. It's your life. You don't have to do every single thing that every person tells you. You listen to me every week on here. I promise you, you're not doing every single thing I say. You're not doing everything exactly the way I did it. Just because I share it doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, I'm just sharing what worked for me. And that's what other people are going to do when you go to any of the programs, right? Or church is the same way. So you be a free thinker and be brave enough to have your own thoughts and be okay with that. If you want to do things differently against the grain in any area of life, it's going to be more challenging. You have to be okay with making choices that are going to be more challenging. Listen, I've been against the grain my whole life and damn near everything. It is more challenging, but I have to be who I am and I have to stand up for myself. And that's what I want you to do in your recovery. Make it yours. Do it your way. And lastly, recovery is not a straight line. This is not you start at point A and then you go to B and then you go to C and then you get through to where you're healed. It doesn't work like that. This thing is, you're going to move forward for a second, then you're going to go back, then you're going to go up, and then you're going to go back again, and then you're going to go down. I mean, this thing is all over the place. So don't feel like when you're having a tough moment or a hard day or a hard situation, don't feel like it's not working because it is. As long as I don't take a drink, it's working, whatever it is, Okay. I love you guys. I hope you love this episode. I hope you got some great information out of here. Again, I will link to the masterclass in the show notes if you want to get on that live masterclass with me. I think it starts next week. And join us in the Facebook group, Addiction Unlimited Facebook group. Totally free, totally private. Love to see you there. We interact a lot in there. It's pretty fun. And I hope you are having a fantastic day. And I'll see you next week. 
You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.